0: Yeah, this is going to be no, very if interesting. That's so. But if you're connected <laughs> this is, this to your this powers. is my first point. Come on. Whoa. Whoa. I like it. I like it. Right. <laughs> interesting.
1: Right. Welcome to WorkCheck, an original podcast from Atlassian. I'm your host, Christine De La Rosa. And today, I'm joined by not two, but three debaters. We have Kelvin Yap, Marin Hotfett, and Eli Mishkin. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hey there. Y'all, this is our last episode of the season, and we're doing something a little different to wrap things up. Ooh. Now, during Atlassian's Team 22 conference in Las Vegas this year, I chatted with our very own co-founder and co-CEO, Scott Farquhar. Nice. Sweet. I've been alone in judging all the debates this season, so I wanted to hear where Scott sits on some of the topics we tackled. Like Maria says in The Sound of Music, we started at the very beginning on the first episode. Take a listen. Scott, we started the season asking, is it okay to wear pajamas to a work Zoom meeting? Now, before you answer, I want to ask, have you ever worn pajamas to a Zoom meeting?
2: I really wear tracksuit pants, shorts. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't think I've put shoes on in about a year. Um, <laughs> like, I have... Uh, boots that go on uh, in winter and flip-flops in summer. And uh, yeah. so I reckon anything below the camera, anything out of sight, is fair game to uh, to wear, whatever's comfortable.
1: What about on screen, in frame?
2: Well, on screen, I have just uh, really gone a black T-shirt because it's like, like, it's, right uh, like right I'm now. wearing right <laughs> now because uh, it's easy. And look, I think if you turned up in your – care bear, cuddly, you know, pajama top. Like, it might be a little bit off-putting to other people around there, unless, of course, you've all decided to wear pajamas. Like, we have to establish new cultural norms in this world. Like, so, you know, if you've all decided to do it, why not?
1: Is there ever a line where it's not acceptable or what you would think is inappropriate?
2: It's it's interesting what's appropriate, whether it's in an office or whether it's at home, I think is all defined by the team norms and what people are comfortable with. And so, um, there's sort of an overton window about like what is acceptable uh, in, in work and I think we've gotten used to that kids running in the background or coming in or having to stop a zoom meeting to attend to some household uh, activity you know collecting yeah. a package like those things are now cultural norms that they weren't previously right. uh, but, you know before the pandemic and so well, I think we'll see the Overton window change in terms of what people you know are comfortable wearing on screen as well
1: no that makes sense the bleed between personal and work just kind of Goes right into each other.
2: Look, I, I mean, Zoom is a new world, and uh, I've got my own kind of embarrassing uh, story uh, that involves a board meeting and a Zoom call. Actually, please, please tell us. And, uh, <laughs> uh, was uh, and I haven't shared this actually with the people on my on my board. I'm sure they'll hear about it through this podcast. But uh, by the time presentations get to our board, I've vetted them, you know, three or four times. Sure. I've reviewed them. I've I've read them. Um, contributed to them. So on this board meeting, we actually have. Uh, Pre-reading, where you know the board will spend fifteen or twenty minutes reading through uh, the six-page document that we have written for them, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it was like in hour three or four of the board meeting, and uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to use this opportunity to go to the bathroom whilst everyone everyone oh, is my reading, gosh. and so uh-huh. <laughs> I just leave leave my laptop, but I still got my uh, Apple headphones in. Uh, my, my earpods in because uh, you know, if you if you take them out, sometimes it ends the call mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to end our our board meeting. And so, uh, uh, so anyway, go to the bathroom, no, no problems. Like um, and then you know, I flush the toilet, and I just hear like this sort of muted laugh, like sort of nervous laughter on the on the phone call. And then I just hear someone say, and I remember exactly who it was on the board said, "Is that what I just?" Is that what I thought it is? <laughs> like, and then and then you go, oh, what can I do? I can't mute it now, I can't get back to my desk, and so you just do I admit to it like on on the on the board call and uh the course of action for me is like I sort of slunk back to my desk, hoping that you know there'd be enough people on the on the call you know, and I get back to my desk, and all but like two or three people are on video, so clearly none of them have gone to the bathroom, and so it's a very small list of people whom mm-hmm. whom this could possibly uh be the case, and so i uh yeah, I've had uh, embarrassing uh, embarrassing Zoom moments.
1: Well, it's public information now. It is. It is. <laughs> but, but very uh, relatable. We all um, have people in the background. We're all doing other things. So as it relates to pajamas, uh, it gives it the, an extra okay of like, you know, life is happening. Why totally.
2: We've always said the, that we want you to bring your whole self to work. Like there's mm-hmm. not a work person and a home person. There's one of you. And like we expect a lot from our employees and 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 the time they, they spend uh, working and so like life has to bleed in and around that and uh, if that is taking time off to go to a kids soccer game or you know do a passion project or go for a run in the middle of the day like we've always encouraged that and uh, i think it's just you get more flexibility in this new world
1: no oh, i appreciate that as an atlassian <laughs> so what'd you think is that what you thought scott was going to say
3: Overton window and pajamas in the same sentence. I never thought I'd live to hear that, but I'm I'm here for it. <laughs>
4: Wait, what, is, what does that mean? Yeah.
3: Uh, Overton window is basically the spectrum of like societal norms, the things that we think are acceptable and how that shifts over time.
0: Ah, got it.
1: Listening to all of you is just a big Googling exercise for me in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my question is, is it pajamas if you wear it all the time? Because mm. I, I wear my sweatpants out these days and it's kind of become the norm for me.
4: That was, that was, Kelvin, my, my argument was what is pajamas? Like, literally today, it's all one and the same. It's clothing. And especially if you can't even see it, like, if you can't tell what I have on my feet, why does it matter what I have on my feet? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a bit of a, re- a reputation for wearing flip flops or just going barefoot <laughs> in the office sure do and like I I have I'm wearing it now it's like a work jacket so I normally wear my pajamas and when I know I have to sit in front of a camera on a zoom meeting I throw something kind of professional looking on but it's literally what I slept in last night
1: did y'all relate to what he was talking about with bleed between the work and home self and that there should only really be one of you
3: totally yeah there is only one of you. You know, I've got two kids at home and they always pop into my conference calls and they make themselves known. They're actually known by many on my team as tall one and smaller one. So <laughs> there, there, is, there, there is no divide any longer. And I think it's it's probably healthier for us not to pretend that we have two different lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I get that. OK, let's hear a bit more from my sit down with Atlassian's co-founder, Scott Farquhar, digging into another debate from the season. All right, um, I'm gonna switch gears to our next question. Mid-season, we did an episode asking, should you add your coworkers on social media? I see that you follow Mike on Twitter. Do you follow other coworkers online on your social media?
2: I am a terrible social media user. Okay, like, should I ask that first? <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my Facebook really consists of, you know, people that, like, I was friends with when I started using Facebook, you know, 15 years ago. And it kind of has just been a—
1: Frozen in time. It's, Got
2: it. it's totally it's totally frozen in time. And so my sort of social media usage, I think, consists of going to Twitter for outrage, uh, you know, like uh, to sort of see what's happening in the world or, I or news. and. Yeah. understand, uh, I go to Instagram for inspiration, and so I, I don't typically follow coworkers online. Um, I found out after just thinking about this podcast and chatting with some people about whether I should that uh, that for some of my colleagues where I have uh, joined them online that that affects what they post on their social (laughs) on their social media and so uh there's an aspect of the boss following you that like makes you just a little bit more Uh, careful about what you what you post
1: i see do you consider that too and and not adding folks on your social media like you don't want to you want to have a separation for uh what people are able to express outside of work
2: i I feel like i'm doing you a favor to not follow you on social media yeah this is probably (laughs) what it comes down to it uh you know i just don't i don't really use uh social media to, to stay in touch with people like it's uh I think there's too much time on screens these days. I prefer to catch up with people gotcha. in real life.
1: With uh, your CEO hat off, would you recommend that other people connect and follow each other?
2: Look, I think if you're friends with someone, I don't think it should matter whether you're friends through work or you know, you're know friends because you went to high school together. If you've got that relationship where you, know, you want to call them a friend, then I think, yeah, don't let work come into it.
1: Okay, my first question for y'all if you had the opportunity, would you connect with Scott on social?
3: Hmm. I think his point about having the boss follow what you say is a really interesting one and probably would influence what I post. I'm a fairly careful social media poster to begin with, so I don't know that it would really impact my behavior, but hmm. it would give me a second second guess for accepting that friend request.
1: But you would, Right. <laughs> I think so.
3: It's pretty rude to, to not accept the boss's request, right?
0: Interesting. <laughs> That's fair. I've
3: got I've got kind of a spicy angle. I think with remote work, work itself has become more social media-fied. And so actually every day kind of feels like some sort of involvement on a social media platform mm. or at least social media oh. behavior, right? Emojis and sort of commenting nonstop. So, at the end of the day, I'm kind of done with that. I don't know if I need any more, whether it's with colleagues or not. Sure,
1: sure. I mean, Marin, I know from this debate, you're kind of against adding coworkers on social, right? Yeah,
4: kind oh. of. <laughs> so, I argued against connecting with your coworkers on social media, but I'm going to be honest. I totally agree with Scott's rationale. If you are friends, I honestly don't let it affect whether or not I add somebody. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> true hypocrite, I'll confess I'm connected to Kelvin <laughs> on social media, <laughs> and he's my <laughs> coworker. So, uh, clearly, I don't really follow these rules um, that I've set out. But I think inherently, I sort of have this this rule in my head where, like, if I haven't actually met the person in person. Like my closest coworker right now, I met a couple of years ago. She joined my team mid-pandemic. We talk every day, like all day, and I'm not connected to her. And so it's this weird thing of like, if we had opportunities to, you know, work in person, I totally think we would be. But I just feel weird, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) You know, connecting with people in these current circumstances, we just haven't had that opportunity to kind of have that personal relationship build.
0: I find that fascinating because some of my best friends I've met through work, Mm. like you you spend so much time with them day in, day out that it's hard for you not to be friends with them like socially as well. So I don't really have that rule. And and, um, if anything, kind of to Maren's point, like I I lean into social media a little bit more uh, now that we only do see them on Zoom because I do feel like I get a better understanding about who they are and maybe how they work based off... um, who they are on social media.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, on that note, let's hear from Scott on the final debate of our season. We ended the season on a debate about communication and collaboration on platforms like Slack. So we asked, should your team default to communication in open channels, meaning not DMs or one-on-one messages? And so to start, I want to ask, what's your personal default for online chatting?
2: Uh, there's a couple of things on this. One is, I really think that overuse of Slack or Teams or, you know, these types of products is a bit of an anti-pattern. And so Mm. my status says email me if it's not urgent because, you know, I can forward an email, I can archive it, I can set up mail rules, I can do a lot of things (laughs) that I can't necessarily do in these types of, like, chat tools. Um, That said, uh, you know, when I'm working with people across the organization, I'll often create a channel with someone and their boss, you know, so that, like, if I'm asking someone to do something that their boss also uh, finds out about it. Um, I have, uh, you know, channels for our exec team and other areas. And so um, I feel like if you're going to converse with, I don't know, 20 or 30% of the team, then it's worthwhile putting it in a a shared channel for shared context because um, it may not be relevant to that person right now, but like their teams or what they're trying to do, um, it it is relevant. So I'm probably more on the the shared channel side of things, but uh, not for everything. I think there's got to be a little bit of a threshold before you would want to do that.
1: When it comes to the line of like when it is okay for sharing in an open channel, what are some of the reasons why you might want to connect with teammates there?
2: I think what a teamwork is sharing context between people. And essentially what a lot of our products do is help get information out of someone's head into someone else's head. And you can't have teamwork without a shared context between you. And I think a lot about how do we get the right information to the right person at the right time. And one of the things that we built at Atlassian is we build products like Confluence mm-hmm. and uh, where where Confluence is a product that is a shared brain or like memory for the organization where people can find stuff that happened yeah. five years ago it's or the ten years ago. Knowledge. it totally is. If you join Atlassian, you could spend the first three weeks just reading all the old blog posts and oh, all the old <laughs> stuff that's happened. and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't think there's a right or, or, or wrong there, but like, you want to share as much you know, context as you can with people that have to be involved. But on the flip side, if you don't need to find something out and it's a waste of time, like you could be you know, doing something else with that time.
1: Eli, Kelvin, I know that you both argued on this specific topic. Mm-hmm. Did what Scott say affect how you felt about your arguments from the episode?
0: Um, I just want to remind Eli that there is actually a right or wrong. Um, <laughs> in terms of debates, and I'm pretty sure I was right and you were wrong. So I just want to put that out there and I, put
3: it aside. I do believe I heard Scott say there is no right or wrong, but no, go ahead. You go against Scott. That's fine. <laughs> I will say the the context that I will
0: throw out there is Scott is the co-CEO and co-founder of a very large organization, and I completely understand where he would get overwhelmed with a lot of the communication that would come his way. Yeah. Um, But I think in general, he is correct, right? I think it's great to... Default to open and choose the time and the place to go um, DMs where necessary.
3: It's really interesting listening to how Scott thinks of communication in those channels. I argued against defaulting to open channels because it creates a, a cognition burden to need to keep up. And so I think what landed most with me about what Scott was saying is the intentionality mm-hmm. of sharing is really important mm-hmm. and i think when you default to something you're actually defaulting right past intention
1: Marin, as someone that wasn't in that debate what do you what are you
0: thinking
4: sorry kelvin i couldn't agree more <laughs> with eli <laughs> like...
0: i'm following yes. you from social media right all right now. yeah
4: that's <laughs> fine um Yeah, it's really interesting. I I kind of agree with Eli. I I am in a heck of a lot of Slack channels. And just personally, I feel such a cognitive burden from seeing so many messages that frankly are not relevant to me. And a lot of the time they still stress me out, right? Because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. do I need to care about that? Do I not need to care about that? And I go through this sort of like mental calculus and eventually I get so many that I'm like, okay, goodbye, never mind. And in fact, I literally in I have this time period every morning that I call my triage time (laughs) where Mm -hmm. I'm triaging emails and slacks just to get rid of the stuff that I don't need. Yeah. I think a lot of people do Mm -hmm. this. No, I do it, too. And so so to me, that kind of hints at, you know, in general, there's probably too much sharing going on or not sharing necessarily to the relevant parties or having the right people in Slack channels. But. I think Eli really hit the nail on the head with, if you think intentionally before sending it, who needs to see this? What is the appropriate way to send it? Then that's perhaps kind of a a way forward that reduces some of that cognitive overload and just being in, frankly, too many Slack channels that are all very noisy.
3: Couldn't have said it better myself. I am clearly
0: in the minority here, (laughs) but I will say that I think the way I view it is what is convenient for me versus what is better for us. And there is a convenience factor of blocking out a lot of that noise, but we do miss out on that opportunity of the shared context and understanding that Scott alludes to that really helps us work better together in the long run. Like there's no there's no silver bullet here, but I, I clearly err on the side of the pros of, of sharing things openly first.
1: I mean, despite that, Kelvin, it sounds like all of us are pro figure out what the right intention is figure out what's right Mm -hmm. in each situation so we're kind of all together on this everyone's a winner (laughs) oh
0: i won the debate though just to be clear
1: yes kelvin Kelvin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now like i mentioned this bonus episode comes at the end of our second season but since we're always looking for future topics i wanted to get some new ideas and so i posed that challenge to scott What kind of questions do you have about whether or not a certain practice or way of working should be evolved? I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for episode topics for the next season.
2: Uh, I think where in your life and world is it appropriate to take work meetings? Uh, You know, should you do it at the cafe? Can you do it outside? Do you have to do it inside with a good microphone? Can you be sitting at the beach? Uh, and uh, you know the waves crashing in the background whilst you're dialed into your Zoom call. Is that is, your, is your answer if you uh, <laughs> if you can answer that question? I want to hear what other people have to say. Okay. I don't want to I don't want to prejudice people. <laughs> don't ask me these questions and then ask me the answer like. Uh...
1: So where to take your work meetings? That was a that's not something I think about too often. What do y'all think about that?
3: That's yeah, sort of the real world equivalent of what's on your feet, right? What's behind you, what's the ambience and the environment.
0: Yeah. On my feet, currently nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it depends, but that's not really an answer. I'd say you 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 have to be careful about where you take your calls. I think ultimately there is a time and place to have a meeting on a beach, sipping a cocktail or something like that, I don't think that's going to happen all the time from a, I'm distracted all the way through to what kind of image does this bring across while I'm having this meeting with the other people who might be in an office or something like that, right? If it's something very important, does taking a meeting at a beach kind of give off the idea that you feel like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care because I'm on the beach relaxing right now?
3: I think Kelvin's right. There's also this sense that are you your best self? Are you showing up in a way that you can kind of present and and participate in the way that you you would hope other people would? Mm-hmm. So would you show up to a, a big executive presentation on the beach without shoes? Kelvin. <clears throat> Looking at you, Kelvin. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Marin what do you think is acceptable for where you take meetings?
4: Yeah, I I think it's so contextual. Mm-hmm. It's It really depends on the meeting. You know, do you need to take Notes. Do you need to screen share and have a big monitor? Like the reality is that you're gonna need to be at a desk for that. It's a lot of my work. Um <laughs> but then on the flip side, like I was <laughs> just thinking, I had a meeting last night that was like a metrics readout, and all they were doing was talking through numbers and charts, and I was just a listener really, and it was at seven o'clock at night, which is when I need to walk my dog. So I listened to it while walking my dog. I don't take of my meetings that way. But for this one, it was like, no, that actually makes a ton of sense. Hmm. And honestly, not seeing things kind of helped me absorb better because I was really listening.
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely have my fair share of uh, one-on-ones on on walks. I think it kills two birds with one stone. You get some fresh air and you get to have a great conversation with them versus being distracted in front of your computer.
3: Feel the wind between your toes, so to speak. (laughs) Exactly.
4: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well played.
3: The other thing I think is interesting, you know, the Overton window has been mentioned. Can, can we create an Overton window of of Zoom calls in the invite? Can we actually put, is this a call that you can take off screen? Ooh. Can you walk around with this call and, and it won't impact anybody? I like that. As the presenter, can you let other people know how how you expect them to show up? I think that'd be really nice to to have some ground rules and expectations about how folks should engage on a call. I love that. I like
1: that. I think that there's a lot of context sharing like that for you know, if you're on, an, on a video chat, some people will put in their usernames, not just their name, but where they're calling from or um, their functional role or title. And sometimes in chat platforms, you can put, you know, preferred pronouns and you've got a profile picture. And I think all of this context is just so helpful. So I'm all about that, Eli. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a lot of fun this season digging into topics and debating how our work lives could or should improve. So I wanted to give Scott the last word on why we should think deeply about the ways we work.
2: That's hugely important. And Alassian, we try to be an exemplar in this. And I feel like we have a sort of responsibility to be constantly experimenting with how we all work. And if you, say, go to Dan Pink, one of the things he talks about is every employee wants mastery, autonomy, and purpose. Mm -hmm. And those three things are huge motivators uh, for people and so I think autonomy like is, you know, um very, very important because everyone wants to set up their own work environments, the way they work, the times they work. So like I think people need autonomy to work differently. And uh if everyone does that, but there's no alignment at all, it's just total chaos because people totally. don't get stuff done. It's people singing out of harmony, or you know, like you still want a band, like you want everyone to play their own instrument, but like if people do it in very, very different ways and and aren't sort of in any sort of harmony that becomes a problem. And so we're thinking about how we get our teams to work differently, but do it together.
1: Yeah. I love that. How you work really changes the way that your work outcomes are, but you can't just do that in a vacuum and think about yourself. You have to do it in tandem with everyone else's changes. Totally. Any uh any recent examples of how you've personally changed the way you work or perhaps any ways that you want to change the work that you haven't quite been able to figure out yet?
2: Just sort of when I work is has been important uh, for me, and yeah. uh, I've got three young boys. They they go to school, and they all actually have different drop offs and pick up times uh, in the morning, and afternoon, mm. and to be able to organize my day to to drop them off, uh, you know, a couple of times a week, or to be there when they come home in the afternoon and just spend some time with them, maybe yeah. throw a basketball around for twenty minutes before I I get back to work. That's been really important as well.
1: Awesome.
4: Does what Scott said resonate with you? I think it's very sensible. I think that the overarching theme I've I've heard among the episodes I've been able to listen to is people, people kind of tend to think initially and definitely myself about, well, how do I feel about this, right? Mm-hmm. But what we've come to realize through each of these episodes is that there's also this broader, well, how does this affect those around me? Right. I think that's just been kind of time and time again, sort of the nut of a lot of these arguments. And I think that's really what he's saying, too, is like he's invested in thinking about his own um, experience, but also cognizant of, you know, how what he does affects others. And and that really just seems to sum up the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I would say that um, what I've taken away from listening in and participating in a lot of these debates is this idea that. Our working situation is always changing, whether it's whether it's at work or it's external forces. And the status quo that worked yesterday isn't going to work today. And we should always be embarking on this process of improving
3: because our situation is always changing. Yeah, well said. I really loved how Scott gave the metaphor of music Mm. as, you know, how we work is is a sort of music. And as a musician, of course, that lands with me. But there is real-time adaptation that you have to do Mm -hmm. as a musician. You're listening, you're adapting, you're always playing with each other, but you're also focused on your own craft. And so it's the balance of the two, your own craft and working in concert with others. And so that's Mm -hmm. why there will always be room to improve, always new roads to, to pave. And I'll maybe shove a third metaphor in here, too. New <laughs> space to explore. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> on brand. <laughs> on brand.
1: <laughs> All right. That is it for our second season. Thank you, Kelvin, Eli, and Maren for joining me today to hear from Scott and reflect back on our debates.
3: Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah,
4: this
1: was great. I also want to take a second to say thank you to everyone who made this season possible. Our wonderful debaters, of course. Maren Hotfett, Dominique Ward, Marshall Walker Lee, Eli Mishkin, Ronnie Shaw, and Kelvin Yap. Artwork by Joey Sabio and Deborah Lau. Story support from Melanie Duong and Vivian Chow. And website support from Jamie Austin. WorkCheck is produced by the team at Pacific Content, including Pippa Johnstone, Annie Reuter, and Karen Burgess, with sound design by Robin Edgar. Until we're back next season, I'm Christine De La Rosa, and this is WorkCheck, an original podcast from Atlassian.